All right, so we are continuing our series where we are looking at uh, the Holy Spirit and how we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever attempted to do something that you were not able to do? So something that you, you, you didn't have the capability, you didn't have the ability to do it. Um, okay, so probably about half the room. So that means that the other half, everything that you have ever tried in your entire life, uh, you have been able to accomplish and you have been able to, uh, for it to go the way that you, according to plan, everything went perfectly for the other half of the room, right? So again, how many of you have ever tried to do something that maybe didn't go according to plan? You weren't able to be able to do it. Uh, you tried something that you didn't have the capability of doing. The reality is that's probably the truth for every single one of us. When I was growing up, I, I, we lived on a, it was a, I say farm, it makes me sound much more rustic than it was. It was a small farm, but um, behind our house was a huge pasture uh, where the, the people that lived down the street, that's where their, their cattle grazed. Uh, and so we would go out and when the grass got really tall, we would cut uh, with our uh, tractor, we would cut a path for go-kart. Uh, go-kart racing and so we would go out there well so at the far end of the pasture there was a small creek bed and so one day we got me my brother uh two of the neighbors we all ended up having uh motorcycles uh so we had the at that time it was like the little yamaha uh, motorcycles and so we decided that we were going to take the tractor and we were going to create kind of a runway if you will uh and we were going to uh build a launch over the creek bed. Um, Jake, this is not something I'm saying do. I'm just saying this is what we did. Uh, so we, but we were going to create a launch and we were going to take our motorcycles and we were going to, so we spent all day and that was kind of a time where you're gone for all day long. Your parents are just thankful that you're gone. And so they were, they were okay. Uh, so we were, we, we, we took wood, we towed everything down, we built this ramp and so my brother, we set off and he took off on his, his motorcycle to be able to jump the creek bed. And one by one, all four of us, we, we did. We got on our motorcycles, we jumped and we landed across on the other side of the creek bed and we were victorious in exactly what we wanted to do. Then my brother's friend said, hey, let's get the go-kart and let's jump the creek bed with the go-kart. Now that seemed a natural progression. Uh, and so he said, Let's let Andy do that. Um, now I was five years younger, and they were like, he's the lightest, so let's let him do it. And so, sure. So I get on the go-kart, and we take, I take off down the runway, and I hit the ramp, and I launch. And it is in that moment that I learned a little bit about physics, um, that go-karts aerodynamically are not the same as motorcycles. And I also learned that that little creek bed wasn't so little. Uh, about halfway over, I realized I wasn't going to make it. They all realized I wasn't going to make it. And the go-kart began to turn. Uh, and so I ended, landed in the creek bed with the, the go-kart uh, on top of me. Uh, fortunately, uh, I was not injured. Um, but I was trying to do something that I couldn't do. It just aerodynamically, it wouldn't work. Um, and so I, I say that to you because so many of us, this is our Christian experience. For so many of us, our Christian experience is we are trying to live 
in a way that we can't do it. We can't live as Christians. We can't live as followers of Christ in our own power. It's not, again, I said this last week, it's not that it's just harder. It's impossible. It's impossible to do. We, we need, we, we, the way that Jesus has created it, we, we need the Holy Spirit. And so for so many of us, we want, we, you know, you hear the story of Jesus and we know that Jesus offers us life to the fullest. We want the grace, we want the mercy, we want the love. But we're trying to do it in our own power. And what happens is it becomes extremely exhausting, discouraging, to try to attempt it by ourselves. And so what we're trying to look at is how do, we, how do we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so that we are able to accomplish what Christ wants to accomplish in us and what we want to live as faithful followers of Jesus. I told you last week that the Holy Spirit inside you is better than Jesus beside you. That's, that's hard for us because we kind of tend to want it the other way. So I want to share a passage with you in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Look at these two verses. It says, I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. What we see here is Paul essentially praying. Some translations, if you have your Bible, some translations will say that I'm praying. I ask, I pray. So we see Paul is praying. So we're still talking about how do we live as followers of Jesus? How do we, how do we live like Christ? We're still talking about the same thing. But what Paul is saying is I'm praying that the Holy Spirit dwells deep inside of you. So deep inside of you that it, that it changes your inner being. That I pray that for you, Paul says. That's his prayer, in essence, for each of us. Because simply trying to change your behavior is going to be exhausting. It's going to be discouraging. The goal of Christianity is not to simply change your behavior. The essence, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to change inside you. That deep inner being. Because when we are changed inside then behavior changes. But we're trying to do it externally. And what Paul is praying for is that all of us would internally be different. So if you have your notes with you this morning or in your, in your weekly, there's places for you to write notes. I want you to write this one down. The Holy Spirit in you is the supernatural source of power that makes you stronger in your inner being. Stronger in your inner being. We're going to talk today a lot about how do we, um, what does the Holy Spirit offers us in, in the midst of strength. Uh, at the end of, you were here last week, at the end of the service, somebody came up to me and said, I really appreciated the metaphor that we talked about with the phone. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person, and I use the phone as the analogy that, that it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, and so we... we we treat it differently. We're in relationship with it. So I'm going to use a different one today. Is I want you to imagine that I invite you to a bike race. Now let's imagine that it was a time when we could do that. But uh, I invite you to a bike race and you show up to the starting line of the bike race and you're ready. And you're there. And then I show up 
on my Yamaha motorcycle. Uh, see, the, the, the reality is what we are trying to do often in our Christian life is we're trying to use pedal power when the Holy Spirit is offering you horsepower. Two totally different, it, it, it makes everything different in how you relate to God and how God relates to you. Yes, Jesus forgives us, but Jesus forgives us so that the Holy Spirit can dwell inside of us and change us. See, we forget everything Jesus did. Read all of the stories, all of the healings. When he feeds the multitudes, everything Jesus did, Jesus did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus walked and led and stayed in relationship through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us stronger, gives us the ability to live a life that we cannot live on our own. And so if your first note here, the three examples, the first thing that I would say to you is that the Holy Spirit gives a stronger sight, stronger sight. We have clues as to how the Holy Spirit works in Jesus. You know, Jesus is not simply given to us in the New Testament as just simply an example. Uh, we're seeing Jesus live in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus often says things like that, he, that you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Remember that throughout the scriptures it says this? You start thinking about what a strange statement that is. I mean, we all have eyes and um, for most of us, visually, that's what we use them for. So we, we see, but, he, but Jesus says that they have eyes to see or they have eyes that don't see. Um, what he's basically talking about here is that, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, gives you eyes where you're able to see something deeper than just what's the surface, something that's the surface level. And so in Matthew 13, we're going to look at several different stories and, and things that take place. Look at what it says in Matthew 13, 13. This is why I speak to the crowds in parables. Although they see, they don't really see. And although they hear, they don't really hear or understand. Now, we're going to come back to this passage in a second. But what this is, Jesus has delivered the parable of the sower. How many of you have ever heard of the parable of the sower? Okay, so parable of the sower is a farmer plants seeds. And as he plants seeds, some of the seeds land on the ground that's it's hard, they, they can't penetrate, and nothing happens. But some seeds land on the rocky soil, and so it goes in the ground and it starts to grow, but there's nothing, the, the rocks, it's, there's no depth, and so the roots can't do anything. And so the plants start to grow, but they die out. Some of the seeds land in the thorns, the soil's kind of a little bit better so that they begin to grow up, and, but the thorns choke out the plants, and so they die. But then some of the seeds land in the good soil, and the good soil allows the plants to, to grow and thrive. Well, the, par the parable of the sower, as Jesus teaches that, the disciples are like, okay, we don't get it. And they say, I, I, we don't understand. In essence, not only do we not as disciples understand, but most people don't get what you're trying to say. And that's when Jesus says in Matthew 13, 13, this is why I speak to the crowds in parables. Although they see, they don't really see. And although they hear, they don't really hear or understand. They thought they saw. They were seeing physically, but they weren't looking at it spiritually. And then if you drop down just a couple of verses in chapter 16, happy are your eyes because they see. The Holy Spirit gives stronger sight 
The Holy Spirit is able to give you and allow you to see things from a spiritual perspective rather than just simply a physical perspective. And this parable plays out, whether you like to think about it or not, the parable plays out every Sunday at Stockbridge First United Methodist Church and at every church anywhere. Jesus begins to explain. He says, okay, Jesus is the farmer. The seed is the word of God. And the seed is planted in the soils. The soils are the hearts of the people. And every week, the seed is given to some, and the soil's hard. We're resistant to God. We're resistant to what God has to say. So nothing grows. For some, the seed is given, but it's rocky ground. So you hear it and you're excited, but there's no depth. And so it begins to die. For some, the seed is in the thorns. And so it starts to grow, but then the things of life come at you. You leave here on Sunday morning, you're excited, but then Monday comes and Tuesday comes and Wednesday comes. And by Thursday, you're like, God who? Because the cares of the world have choked it out. But for some, it's the good soil. And it's, it's people who are trying to surrender everything to God. My prayer is that we are all a place where we can be good soil. Where we are allowing the God to, to, to move in our lives and we're surrendering whatever it is. I had somebody this week at VBS, they were talking to me and they were talking about what God was calling them to do. And they, they knew what God was calling them to do and they said, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, What? I don't want to do that. We all have to get to a place where we are surrendering everything to God. And so we see this parable play out. The Holy Spirit allows us to be able to to be stronger in our sight, to be able to see things from a spiritual perspective. Now, let me give you an illustration. I don't know what you did to prepare for vacation Bible school, but at my last church, my wife was Jessica, so I know what the three of you did to prepare for vacation Bible school. My kids would give up their entire summer so that they could be ready. We would do vacation Bible school in July, and so they would give up their entire summer. They didn't get to go to the pool. They didn't get to go on vacation. Uh, They worked to get ready for one week of vacation Bible school. That's what this family did. I know it. And we owe y'all a lot for that. But all of that trouble, all of that work, and you come in on Monday, and Monday is the worst day of Vacation Bible School. Uh, It's chaotic. People don't know where they're supposed to go. Every problem that could develop happens on Monday. And so it's a horrible day. So Monday comes, and Vacation Bible School goes. Tuesday morning I come in, and I'm talking to Jamie downstairs. And I'm like, did you get any rest? And Jamie was like, you would not believe we got home yesterday and my car broke down. And I'm like, after all of months of preparation, you go to vacation Bible school, you get through Monday, you go home and your car breaks down. And he was able to get it to the shop. It was a few hundred dollars to be able to, to repair. But, but then Jamie said something to me. 
Jamie said, but you know what? I was home when my car broke down. I was able to get it to the mechanic, and they were able to get it fixed all on the same day so that we were able to be back working on Tuesday. Now, you could have looked, and I, you could have looked at that and thought, man, God, we are trying to do everything we can. We have worked for two months for this day, and woe is me because life is terrible because my car broke down. Or you could have looked at the blessing. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a different insight. That it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. How, how do you, that's the question. What are my prayers often? If you know, if I come to the hospital, I pray this time. Give, give, us, give us vision. Give us clarity. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to let me see something. Um, that's what you see in Scripture. How often do you pray that? How often do you pray for the Holy Spirit to move through so that you can see something different, you can see something stronger, you can see something further than what you... How do you handle stress? How, how do you handle the problems that develop in your life? Because I promise you, everybody. if I asked you to raise your hand on that, if you're honest, everybody has problems in life, right? How do you handle the problems in your life? The Holy Spirit gives you the stronger, stronger sight to where you're able to see things further. Jesus tells us in scriptures that we're not to worry. You know where it says in the fact that, um, that the pagans, the people who don't believe in God, worry about all the things of earth. They worry about what they're going to eat, what clothes they're going to wear. What Jesus says, I mean, how many of us can add anything to our life by worrying, right? I mean, the Bible says that. I mean, the reality scientists have shown its exact opposite, that worrying actually creates a negative impact on your life. And so Jesus says, how, what, what can you do by worrying? Instead, look at what he says in Matthew 6, instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We focus on God, we focus on Jesus Christ, and we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. Open your eyes. Make that part of your prayer. God, let me, let me have stronger sight. Holy Spirit, allow me to see truth in this. There was a, there was a point in time at annual conference, annual conference in the United Methodist Church was two weeks ago, and there was a day where they did a panel discussion, and they had uh, people that came up, and, and yes, they were, talk, they were talking about um, liberal versus progressive points of view and, and all of that, but they, they, there were people on the panel of differing points of view, and there were people that were uh, female, male, black, white, and they were having this conversation. And there was an older black male that said something and somehow it triggered a thought about race. And then the younger white male said, you know, I'm really uncomfortable talking about race. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody and, and all of that. And you could tell he was genuinely talking from his heart. And, and then the older African-American male said, you know, 
I appreciate the fact that you're uncomfortable. I appreciate the fact that that's where you're at. He goes, but what I want you to hear is while you're sitting there uncomfortable, we're dying in the streets. And that awkward pause that you feel in the room right now went through 2,000 people. And then those two people began to have a genuine conversation. For me, it was a beautiful moment of the Holy Spirit where two people were able to finally see truth within each other. You could just look at it physically, but what the Holy Spirit allows you to do is to see deeper, to see, to see further into people's lives and to see, see more of, of, of God in that moment. Pray that in your prayers. Holy Spirit, allow me to see Allow me to understand from a spiritual perspective. There's another great story where in the scriptures, Peter rebukes Jesus. Do y'all remember that one? That, that Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to suffer, he's going to die, and that uh, uh, things are not going to go well, but that he's going to come back. And Peter pulls Jesus aside. At least he doesn't do it in front of everybody. kind of pulls Jesus aside and says, you can't, you can't talk like that. You can't tell people that, that the way, that's the way it's going to happen. And Jesus responds to Peter, and he says, get behind me, Satan. So we know that. So get behind me, Satan. Stop right there, because that's the, we all know that passage. I mean, somebody brings chocolate into the thing. Beverly brings chocolate on Tuesdays, and I'm like, get behind me, Satan, because we, we stop with that passage right there. But I want y'all to see the rest of this passage. Look at what it says. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. In essence, you, you don't have spiritual sight. You're looking at everything from a worldly perspective, from an earthly perspective, from a human perspective, from a physical perspective. And so uh, my grandmother used to say something about seeing, what was the phrase? Something about you can only see as far as the end of your nose. Um, but, but the point of that is you only see things from your, your point of view that you could only see things from a self-centered perspective. And what the Holy Spirit allows you to be able to do is the Holy Spirit allows you to give stronger sight so that you're able to see people the way that God sees them. That you're able to see circumstances and situations from a spiritual perspective. I invite you this morning to challenge yourself. How many times do you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you stronger sight? to see things from a different perspective. It's a gift from God. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, can give you stronger sight so that you're able to see things differently. The second thing, you look in here, the stronger, it gives you a stronger self, a stronger self. In Galatians chapter five, it says the fruit of the Spirit is given to you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are gifts to us from the, from, from the Holy Spirit. If you go and look at Acts chapter 4, there's a great story about Peter. And Peter and John are with the religious leaders. And um, there's this growing movement of Jesus and it's threatening the religious leaders. And then there's this healing takes place. And so they come in to Peter and they begin to threaten him. Now, we have seen in passages before, we've seen Peter be threatened before. One, he was walking on water, and the storms came. 
and Peter was threatened. And what happened? He takes his eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink. After Jesus is arrested, uh, Peter is following around in the shadows and people begin to question Peter. Do you know Jesus? And Peter begins to deny Jesus. Not once, twice, three times he's threatened. And so what does he do? He turns his back on Jesus. But in this passage, when Peter is threatened, we see something different. You see, in those other passages, Peter was trying to do something he couldn't do. He was trying to do something on his own. But look at what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The council was caught by surprise, by the confidence. Some translations will say courage. That the council was caught by surprise by the confidence with which Peter and John spoke. After all, they understood that these apostles were uneducated and inexperienced. I mean, how is this possible? Literally, they can see the courage of Peter. They can see the confidence that he has. Well, if you go back just a couple of verses, it gives us the answer. Listen to what it says just two verses before that. In Acts 4, verse 8, it says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Spirit is a gift from God. It's the ability to be able to control, to have self-control in your life. I will have people all the time, and you may have been one who said this, well, I, I can't control what I say. I just don't have any filters. Or I, don't, I, I can't control my anger. Uh, I, I don't know why I do what I do, but I just do it. But the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. It's a gift that God gives us. The Holy Spirit should change us. When we walk in this place and we have a moment where we feel the Holy Spirit, we should leave different because we encountered God. The Holy Spirit should, should change each and every one of us. In our disciple class this past week, we were studying uh, the books of First and Second Peter. And I want you all to hear a passage. It's not on your screen. I just want you to hear this because we came across this and it talks about that the analogy, we are living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood so that we can offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, I have seen way too many people in my life who have lost relationships. They have lost jobs. They have lost finances. They have lost marriages because they failed to surrender to God and be built into a spiritual house. Do you walk in this door and ask the Holy Spirit to transform you? It's a gift from God that the Holy Spirit will make us into a stronger self. And then the third is the Holy Spirit gives us stronger significance. Stronger significance. Again, if you've got your Bibles, flip over to Acts 8. There's another great story. It's about Simon, not Simon Peter, but a different Simon. And this Simon is, is well known in the, in the community. He's a, he's a great man, the scripture says. Um, he's one who in today's world would have the most Facebook followers of anybody around. Everybody would know who he is. Uh, listen to what it says in Acts 8 verses 9 through 10. Before Philip's arrival, a certain man named Simon had practiced sorcery in that city and baffled the people of Samaria. He claimed to be a great person. Everyone 
Everyone, from the least to the greatest, gave him their undivided attention and referred to him as the power of God called great. I love the story when it thinks about the power of God called great, this great power of God and the contrast that we see. And what we see is that that's how he saw himself and that's how the world saw him. And then in the next verse, Philip comes in and begins to preach the the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and everybody began to turn towards Christ. It says that so many people in Samaria turned. It even says that Philip, I mean that Simon believed and was baptized. But then the story gets confusing because Simon gets confused. First, he sees that Philip, who's proclaiming Jesus Christ, he realizes that the power inside of him is the Holy Spirit. And so do you know what Simon does when he realizes that the power of the Holy Spirit is in Philip? He wants to buy it. He says, ooh, can I, can I buy that power from you? Can I, can I have that? He didn't try to be transformed, but he'd done everything. I mean, he had believed, he had, he had been baptized. And Philip says to him, I can see that there's something wrong inside of you. There's something wrong in your relationship with God that you need to, to change. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, use God for your gain. See, he, he had come to Christ but he was unsurrendered to God. He was unsurrendered to the Spirit. And so Simon begs Philip, says, please, I don't want to be this way. And so what did Simon do wrong? He believed. He was baptized. He had come to know Christ. I think Simon in the story did something that so many of us do. We hear about Christ We get excited about Christ. We even think about the Holy Spirit, but we think that the Holy Spirit exists to serve us. What I want the Holy Spirit to do, what my agenda is, what my purpose is, when I want the Holy Spirit to work, the Holy Spirit will work. Folks, you exist to serve the Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. You exist to serve the Holy Spirit. That's how you get your significance. Significance doesn't come. See, what you see is Simon. Simon was significant in the kingdom of men. But what he came to see is that in the the kingdom of God, significance looked entirely different. In the kingdom of God, you're significant because who God declares you to be. In the kingdom of God, you're significant because of what God does in you and through you. This past week, every day, the kids had God sightings. And they would write down where they saw God. And some of the kids can't even write, so they just scribble little marks. But occasionally, some would write that you could kind of see what it was that they were doing. And I pulled this one out. It means something to me. But it says, I see God in Miss Mariana and Miss Lydia. It was a little girl who they would tote around on their back. These are two high school students that have no position. They have no power in the life of the church. They don't have a whole lot that they can offer other than 
strong back, or at least it was on Monday, uh, a strong back, a smile. But in the kingdom of God, that became significant. So with the Holy Spirit, it's a gift that the Holy Spirit offers you. It's significance. That it's not about things, it's not about possessions, it's about being available for the Holy Spirit. I invite you this morning to think, have you made God exist for you? Are your prayers, you're telling God what to do, you're telling God what you need, you're telling God how to work, you're telling God when to work, you exist for the Holy Spirit. So I invite you this morning to pray as we sing, pray for stronger sight, pray for stronger self, and pray for stronger significance, because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty God, we are so thankful for your spirit, Lord. I'm thankful for, for all that you do in us. Lord, I praise you that you are God who is able to change us. Even as we sit here this morning, there are hearts changing towards you. And I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to be over us and allow us to see things differently, to see further, to see greater, to see stronger, to be able to look at things and to people, to see them the way you see them rather than through our own abilities. God, help us to Allow your spirit to change us and transform us and build us into the stones that you created us to be. And help us to realize that we are significant because you declare us significant. And allow us to just let your Holy Spirit work through us. May we be different. Because we experienced you in this place. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen.